Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space. I am joined by my furry co-host Slade. Uh, Slade has decided this week he's going to take a much more up-close and personal uh, stance in his co-hosting this week. So he is currently laying across my lap and doesn't seem to want to go lay down anywhere else. So I wasn't going to move him over. So uh, if, my voice, if my voice sounds at all different, it's because I have 110 pounds, uh, really like 120 pounds of German Shepherd laying across me. Uh, in addition, if you hear any additional huffing, that's him breathing, <laughs> or him suddenly jumping off, you'll know exactly what that sound is. But nonetheless, he wanted to join me a little more up close and personal this week to help us talk about this week's mindset. And in this week's episode, I wanted to talk about an important thing, something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is how self-defense changes someone's life. So I was already talking to my class about this this week, just inherently it's what I was doing. Often when I talk to you guys about a mindset thing, I'll talk to my class about it as well. But uh, last night, I had a wonderful conversation with a student of mine, Paul, and Paul is a retired New York City police uh, lieutenant and um, was on the job for you know, like 23 years, I believe. Now he's working as a private investigator, and he's doing an absolute wonderful job. Um, but he is very passionate about self-defense because he has seen it very, uh, you know, very up close and personal. He's seen the value in, in self-defense. I mean, some of his, his clients in terms of, uh, per, uh, of uh, his private investigator work have been you know, people from... You know that were on the news for being assaulted or something like that. Like uh, a few years, about a year ago, there was a gentleman. Uh, he got into a dispute with somebody. Uh, you know, somebody's car got bumped, um, parking, and uh, it was a father who was on the elderly side. When I say elderly, I don't mean like ancient. I mean like, uh, you know, late fifties, early sixties, uh, and a young son who was less than twenty. And they clipped somebody's car when parking, but like barely. Like we're not talking about they were going 30 miles an hour. I'm talking about like a little tiny maybe ding in in their bumper. And um, the person gets out of the car, very very aggressive, and immediately notices pa- uh, passive behavior out of the father and son. And the son is kind of hiding behind the father, and the father's doing the fatherly noble thing, and he's standing between his son and the aggressor, uh, and the guy does what a lot of aggressive people do. He, uh, he directs the attention of the father in a different direction. Uh, and while that father's attention is looking away, the aggressor punches him in his face and knocks him unconscious. Uh, so he lays fa- winds up laying face down in the street right in front of his son. Horrible, obviously. So uh, Paul w- took that case on and was very passionate about it. But additionally he immediately preached to the father how important it was and said you know he how important it was for him to get both himself and his son involved in learning how to defend themselves and ironically i believe he sent them to a tiger shulman school in queens that was like right by where the attack happened but he's very passionate about self-defense like i said and obviously i am as well because it's what i do but um with that in mind, I want to talk about why I think self-defense is such an important thing. Now, I think when a person 
knows how to defend himself. In fact, I know this for sure. <laughs> when a person knows how to defend himself, it's reflected in their thought process. How so? Well, simple. It's reflected in the fact that they don't think about self-defense. Self-defense is not a concern of theirs. And that is a big deal. That's a really big deal. Like, I'm sure you, like me, notice when people, uh, or, or know people, I should say, who won't go certain places or won't park in certain parking lots or won't go to certain friends' houses because of the neighborhood or the parking situation or the streetlight situation. That's, to me, that's like terrible. Like, why would you not want to walk your dog in a specific spot in your neighborhood just because, you know, a certain house or a certain building sketches you out a little bit? I, I think, not that I think people live in fear and like in perpetual constant fear of, you know, being attacked, but I think there's a heightened awareness. There's a heightened worry, let's put it that way, from people who don't know how to defend themselves. Uh, they, they play the what-if scenario a lot more in their head. The thing is, when you're playing that what-if scenario, you know, there is, of course, a possibility that you'll be right, but you're asking yourself what-if because you don't feel prepared. And when you don't feel prepared, and when you don't know what to do, of course, of course, you're going to be nervous. To me, that's no different than someone who goes on a boat and doesn't know how to swim. If you go on a boat and you don't know how to swim, of course you're going to be terrified. Of course. I remember not long ago, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, on Long Island, on the South Shore, we have a barrier island called uh, Fire Island. It's very skinny. Like literally when you stand on it, you can look across and see the other side. Uh, very, very skinny little barrier island that uh, is right up against our South Shore. But nonetheless, um, <coughs> taking a friend's little dinghy boat over there, one time, and um, when we do, I happen to be on the boat with somebody else who doesn't know how to swim, and I can see they're all uneasy. Uh, the, the person's all uneasy, and you know the boat we're on is not like a big boat. It's not like a fast boat. It's just this little like, basically like fishing boat, like the, the, the kind of thing where it doesn't have a steering wheel. It has a handle that that you hold on to on the engine, and use that engine to use that handle, I should say, to point the engine in a slightly different direction and change your course. That's how small the boat is. And I can see this one person is all sorts of uneasy. And I ask him why. Like, well, I don't know how to swim. Well, I'm like, well, you don't really have to be able to swim well because the barrier island is not very far from the shore. So basically, the furthest you're ever going to be is like a mile from the, from, the, the water, from the shore. And that's not that far uh, in terms of swimming. But nonetheless... Going back to my original thought here about self-defense and how important it is, I think when you know how to defend yourself, when you're confident in your ability to protect yourself, I think it takes that worry away. It takes that thought away from you. And that's huge. That's really, really important. Like, I remember when Mrs. Sensei and I were shopping for our house. And one of the things that she insisted to me was I absolutely positively will not uh, buy a house that has bedrooms on the first floor. And I said, sure, no problem, whatever you want, not a big deal. Uh, but I, like, she made that point a couple of times. It was one of those things where it warranted 
me asking the question as to why. So eventually I asked the question, why? Why don't we want bedrooms on the first floor? And she goes, well, because then someone could break right into our bedroom. To which I laughed. She goes, why are you laughing? I'm like, if someone breaks into our bedroom, they're going to try to break back out real quick. <laughs> they're going to be the ones trying to get out, not us. Someone breaks into my bedroom, they're getting their butt kicked. And she laughed. She's like, oh, I guess you're right. And we still wound up with bedrooms on the second floor, but nonetheless, uh, there was a difference there in thought process. The difference there in thought process simply comes from a lifetime of knowing how to defend yourself versus coming to it later in life. It's funny. Now, you know, that's one of the reasons I make Mrs. Hensei train. Like, she doesn't have much of a choice. Not only do I think it's a great workout, and I think people need that, and not only do I want to be part of the community that is my school, but more importantly, I, I know how important it is for a person to know how to defend themselves. And she does travel occasionally for work. And you know, when we were t first got together, that was a very big concern for me, that she wasn't where I could protect her. You know, not that I'm you know, constantly on guard, ready to fight off anybody that looks in her direction, but well, let's be honest. You know, hotels, as nice as they are, as safe as, as they are, that's a prime target for people who can be up to no good. You know, being out at a restaurant, you know, who's, who, what's to say that some miscreant isn't going to, you know, be drunk and misread, uh, you know, her kindness for something else. You know, these kind of things happen. So right away, the second she got back from that first business trip, I uh, basically said, I, I, I like, hugged her hello and I kind of brought her to the ground and I said, uh, guess what, you're learning how to choke somebody unconscious. <laughs> and now she's, she's still got some real significant peace of mind from that. I mean, uh, the, the unfortunate thing is uh, between career and some, some other injuries and stuff, she hasn't been able to really train as much as she'd like uh, since COVID really. But nonetheless, uh, she still holds some pride in knowing that she's got a couple of chokes down really instinctively. And she could put somebody to sleep if she needs to. And that gives me, as much as it gives her, like, a, a, almost a pridefulness. Like, she, when mentioning this to friends, she'll be the first one to, like, drag me to the ground just so she can show her friends, like, look, look, this is how you can choke somebody out, just like this. <laughs> you know? But that confidence is a far cry from the nervousness. Because it's not like, again, like, she was biting her fingernails, worried she was going to get attacked everywhere that she went. But she was cautious. She wouldn't get on an elevator alone just with, an, with an, uh, another, you know, like with an adult man if she was by herself. Um, she would only go either by herself or with a group of people. She would be very cautious walking down the hallway, making sure no one was following her, these type of things. She, as soon as she would get in the hotel room, she would bolt the door closed. She was very stringent about things to keep her safe. So that way, if someone was trying something nefarious, she was safer. And it's not like she doesn't do a lot of those things now, but she's not as worried now. Now, while she's that being on guard mode, that like sensory mode of, oh, let, me, let me protect, that's gone because she knows she could protect herself if push came to shove. To me, that's one of the greatest freedoms that self-defense allows. That's, if I had to sum it up in one word, what knowing to defend yourself does is it provides you freedom. It provides you the freedom to be who you are. It, it provides you the freedom to go where you want, to do what you want. Um, 
give you a couple of asides here to illustrate my point. Right, the first was is a, a very good friend of mine, uh, Sensei Muna Holland, and she is co-owner and uh, one of the instructors in our North Plainfield, New Jersey school. And Muna, with no exaggeration, is the absolute nicest person you'll ever want to meet. Um, I, I don't know a person that Muna knows that she doesn't hug. <laughs> She's just the sweetest, happiest person ever. Like, you call her school, instantly your mood is better, um, just from her voice on the phone. You know, fr from the moment she met Mrs. Sensei, even though I had already known Muna for a number of years, she meets Mrs. Sensei and she hugs her all the time. Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Cradling her face in her hand, hugging her. Talk to her for hours like they're old friends. Similarly, she met my younger brother when he was like nine. She picked him up in the air with a hug, swung him all around once she knew she, he was my brother. And then instantly, like it's like that now, even though now he's head and shoulders taller than her, she still does the same thing to him. Hug him, pick him up, swing around. Now, one might think that Muna, who's a reasonably small woman in terms of height, um, you know, she's not the biggest, strongest looking, she's very strong, don't get me wrong, but, you know, she's not built in such a way where she's intimidating looking. So someone might worry that someone as kind as Muna might have to worry that someone might take advantage of that kindness and they might try to push too far and they might try to take advantage of how nice Muna is and maybe they might even mistake that kindness for weakness. But if they were to mistake that kindness for weakness, Weak would be the last thing they would ever remember about Muna. Muna, in addition to being a fourth degree black belt in Tiger Shulman's, is also a national Golden Gloves boxing champion, professional kickboxer. Uh, she has scored kickboxing wins over women who currently are in the top 10 of the UFC in her weight class. Um, when she was fighting in mixed martial arts, she was ranked as highly as number six in the world before her weight class was opened in the UFC. And the woman who was ranked number one at the time refused to fight Muna. And it wasn't like one of those situations where, uh, you know, the woman had uh, still had to beat numbers, you know, two, three, four, and five. No, she had beaten all of them, seven, eight, and nine. But she refused to fight Muna. So I don't know what that tells you, but I know what it tells me. Um, so being that strong, Muna's free to be the person she is. A hundred percent, she's free to be the person that she is. And that's huge. That, that, that freedom is unbelievable. She has no fear that someone's going to mistake kind, her kindness for weakness because she's not a weak person. Similarly, there was a commercial a few years ago, and the name is escaping me at the moment. I, I watched it a bunch of times. Um, and it was an insurance commercial, like basically preparing today for what might happen tomorrow. And uh, it was a fairly long commercial. It was like, like a minute long, maybe a minute and a half. And um, it was a father. And he saw that his son wanted to get involved in dance of some kind, you know, tap or something like that. So he sees his son wants to get involved in tap dancing. He sees it from his internet search history and whatnot. Watches him watching videos on his laptop and tablet or whatever. And knows that his son is also on the shyer side and getting bothered by bullies. So, uh, it, like, the, like walking to school in the video, 
the uh, the bullies are like shouting at the kid, you know, calling him some names and stuff like that. So the father gets the son involved in martial arts. I believe he gets him involved in judo, if I remember the, the video correctly. And he uh, makes the kid stick with judo for a while until the uh, the son wins like a judo championship of some kind. You know, it, it's a short commercial, so who knows how long this is supposed to take part take place over. But nonetheless, gets uh, the son involved in judo, gets him to be a champion, ha you know, has him win some tournament. And then uh, just as he had opened the commercial after seeing his son wanting to be involved in tap dancing, he surprised his son with the judo gi, the judo uniform. Uh, the commercial closes with him surprising his son with another box, but this box is the uniform and equipment for the, for the dancing. Because now you can protect yourself. Now you're strong. Now you can go and do that without fear that anyone's going to take advantage. And I thought that was such a powerful commercial and also such a great mindset. Because when you, make, when you know that someone can take care of themselves, it's, it makes life a lot freer. Makes in every regard, right? It's funny, uh, you know. Speaking of my furry co-host a little bit earlier, he's another great thing that brings freedom. Right? There are places that Mrs. Sensei wouldn't always want to walk our old black lab uh, shadow a number of years ago because shadow, you know, she she was a tough dog and she would bark at people, but she's a fifty-five pound lab. Slate's one hundred and twenty pounds. So you got a 120-pound dog whose head is bigger than a basketball. Um, and then his sister, who's not much smaller. You have those two walking with you. People keep their distance. People don't approach <laughs> with any unkindness. You know, occasionally I'll get people who, who walk over and tell me how beautiful they are, but they always do so with a little bit of distance because they're intimidating looking. To me, that accomplishes exactly the same thing that knowing how to defend yourself does. Because studies show when people know how to defend themselves, they usually don't have to. Why? Simple. They carry themselves with confidence. And when you carry yourself with confidence, people can sense that. Just think about your average day. Right? You might be listening to this in a public place. You might have your earbuds in. Look around. I'm sure you can tell people who are in a really good mood. I'm sure you can tell people who are in a really bad mood. I'm sure you can tell who's tired. I'm sure you can tell who's stressed out. And you can do it just by looking at them without ever having to interact further than that. Because we're human beings and we can read each other's body language and we can read each other's confidence. There have been times where you have been around people and you got a bad vibe. Something came off of them and you're like, mm, I don't like this situation. Conversely, Right? You reacted in that situation. You either immediately said to yourself, okay, I got to be able to, I have to you know, get some distance from this situation so that I'm safe, or you asserted some confidence back and that person backed off. But either way, you were able to read the situation and give up just based on the vibe that you felt. See, that's everything. The vibe we give off is one of the greatest things that, makes, that, that works in self-defense. When a person carries themselves with confidence, it's like a deterrent. Right? That, that's like when people put the sign in their front yard that says, oh, you know, this house protected by alarm company. Why? They want that deterrent there to let people know that 
This house is protected. I'm not a target. Similarly, the ability to defend yourself gives you a confidence that lets you give off that vibe that I'm protected by knowing how to defend myself. If push came to shove, I know I can defend myself. What this isn't the same as is insecurity. Because sometimes, in, see the thing is confidence is quiet and insecurity is loud. right? My experience is anybody who has to talk about how tough they are, who has to talk about how they beat everybody up and this and that and the other, they're not tough at all. Right? Not even a little bit. That's why th those loudmouth bully kids in school who always talked about how tough they are and then picked on people, they didn't go and pick on the toughest, strongest people. They picked on the people they thought they could get away with it. Right? Why? They're not looking for clout. They're looking for, well, rather, they're not looking for resistance. They're looking for clout. Similarly, right? Th there's an arrogance sometimes that people have in thinking they know how to defend themselves or thinking they can handle certain situations. But that just isn't there. It's not there until they make it there, until there's real skills behind it. You ever talk to somebody who's an expert in something? And it could be anything. You know, it, like hearing my cousin who's a plumber talk about plumbing, hearing Mrs. Sensei talk about engineering, hearing anybody who really knows about stuff, my, my good friend who's a, a, an electrician, you hear those people talk about their subject matter, there is an expertise that comes through in their words, not in the words they're saying, but in how they're saying them. By the same token, knowing how to defend yourself is the same. That vibe comes off just because of the way the words you're saying come out. That's why I think it's so important that everybody learns how to defend themselves. If you live by a Tiger Shulman school, obviously I think that's the best way. If you don't, then by all means, find, find a place local to you that, that might work. Obviously, I don't know those schools as well as I know Tiger Shulman schools, but trust me, find a school, learn how to defend yourself. It's worth the time, it's worth the money, it's worth the effort, because the peace of mind, you can't put a price tag on it. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sensei underscore Leonelli. Uh, you can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. On Facebook, we are uh, facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at tsmma Smithtown underscore Smithtown. You can find the podcast online at Sensei's Weekly Mindset on Instagram. Find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole on tsk.com. As always, please make sure that you guys leave a rate and a review. It just helps. Make sure you subscribe so you get your new episodes every Wednesday. Also, please make sure you share the podcast. The more the audience grows, uh, just the, the easier it becomes for everybody to hear this message and be able to grow from it. Uh, to that end, my friends, until next time, invest in yourself. I'll see you guys on the mat.